0: jenny
1: carlson i'm barry trammell welcome to the jenny and barry show we were treated to a whale of a bedlam finale on saturday Coast game great atmosphere and in the end a 27 24 osu victory they will get to savor that until the next bedlam whenever that may be we'll talk about how the cowboys bested the sooners what this means for osu's big 12 title hopes as it heads to central florida and much more.
0: But first, we want to say a big thanks to these sponsors for supporting the Jenny and Barry Show. MidFirst Bank, Laser Light Skin Clinic, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, the Oklahoma Ford Dealers Association. Drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Barry, we got a classic for this Bedlam finale. So tell me now we're 48 hours-ish away from, uh, from the final gun. How are you feeling about the end of Bedlam?
1: Well, I can certainly understand why this series would go away and why you'd end this rivalry. Who wants, uh, who wants anything like that? Who wants to go through that again? Who wants to uh, have a <laughs> spectacle like that? I mean, the networks aren't interested in it. The fans aren't interested in it. The players, nobody nobody cares about that. Hey, let's. what about this? South Dakota State's coming to Boone Pickens next year. Everybody up. Here's how I'm feeling, Jacko. Uh, I think you'd remember this guy. I'm not going to name him. But uh, years ago, we had a guy on the news side at the Oklahoman who was an editor. Fairly good job. Fairly prestigious position. And he sort of got demoted. Uh, and he, uh, I didn't know much about what all happened. But one day, I saw him sitting there, and I thought, I need to go over and and uh, expressed my uh, support or whatever. And I said, hey, you know, so-and-so, hey, you know, sorry to hear about what happened. Uh, I mean, sorry to hear about what happened. Uh, you know, hope things are going okay. I said, how's it going? He said, well, let me tell you how it's going. It sucks. And that's how I feel about the end of Bedlam. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. So <laughs> whoever's in charge, both sides are to blame. Uh, people outside the Bedlam sphere are to blame. The, lots of people bear responsibility here, but." We ought to be adding things like this to uh, to college sports, not, not subtracting.
0: You know, I don't know how you were on Saturday. Obviously, we had a close game. We had, uh, you know, o, OU with the ball, a minute to go, a, a fourth down to keep driving. So there was a lot for us professionally be, to be paying attention to in the final minutes of that game. But I'll be honest, Barry, when the game went final, I was. I was nearly going to cry. And not because of what happened. I just, it just hit me. Like, I mean, I, I'm i a sports fan. I want good games. I want these type of rivalries. And I literally felt like that we had seen, you know, something you wrote a no bit last week. It did. It felt like a death, even as OSU fans were celebrating. Oh, you players were, were leaving the field and disappointment. I, you know, we'll talk about that and a lot more, but it, it just, it hit me in that moment. Like this is actually the end of bedlam football. And I told you last week, I was feeling down about it and it kind of hit me in that moment. I was like, man, this really is over now. For the Cowboys, Barry, I got to think they're feeling like, hey, we'll take this Bedlam win and ride it for a while. I mean, how, how are the Cowboys feeling about this? Maybe how should they feel about the end of Bedlam?
1: Well, I mean, winning the dang thing is going to help. Yeah. Um, because you're right, they can, they can feed off that for a good long while. And winning that game in particular, there's, there's, no, really, uh, there's no way to even measure the benefit to OSU in terms of what that's going to be mean with financial support with uh, just emotional support with people drawn to the Cowboys, people getting back on board or, or getting more entrenched in, in everything Oklahoma state, but you know, talking about the past uh, only goes so far uh, five years from now, if they're still not playing um, you know, looking back on that 2023 bedlam, is, is going to be fun for OSU people, but it's not going to get anybody's juices. Hey, let's go buy tickets. Let's go give money. Let's go uh, stage an NIL rally, whatever we're doing in, in 2028. So it's uh, I think OSU is going to come to realize fairly soon that they missed this thing and that while, yeah, it was frustrating and 91, 19 and 7, now 91, 20 and 7. It was inexplicable. It was frustrating. It was maddening. But man, it came with great opportunity. And that kind of oppression, when you uh, when you get freed, you know, it's it, it's like uh, you know, you if if we went out to uh, if we went out to Lake Hefner or someplace, and the and, and the lake parted and we all walked across it, would be we'd think it was the greatest thing of all time. But we wouldn't enjoy it the way the children of Israel uh, walk across the Red Sea. So every once in a while, the Cowboys get to walk across the Red Sea. And they did Saturday night. And, you know, it's just not replaceable. What OSU experienced Saturday night yeah. is not replaceable.
0: Yeah, you're not going to replace it with a-, a game against K-State or a game against BYU. or And they may develop some healthy rivalries with some of these new with some of the new Big 12 teams. I mean, Colorado uh, is on the schedule for next uh, season for Oklahoma State. You know, there's a chance to develop some rivalries, but it won't be Bedlam. And, you know, I keep coming back to this, Bear. I don't know what you think about this, but Mike Gundy talks a lot about not going to happen, not in our lifetimes. I kind of wonder if it's not in Mike Gundy's coaching lifetime. I don't know if he'll fight tooth and nail, I think. I think he will to keep this rivalry from coming back, but he's not going to be the coach at OSU forever. And this is going to be a game that TV's going to want to schedule. Fans are going to want to schedule eventually. And I think administrators are going to want to schedule. I don't know what you think about that, but I think when Mike Gundy talks about not going to happen, he's saying, I don't want it to happen as long as I'm coach at Oklahoma state. And he's not going to be the coach at OSU forever.
1: No, you're, I think you're right. I, the only question I don't know is how much influence or power Gundy or any coach will have going forward in the scheduling process. Lots of, lots of influence and power now at a lot of places, and I think Gundy has that in Stillwater. But I don't know going forward. There are, there are forces in college football that are changing the 12-team playoff, NIL, um, lots of different things. Uh, the networks are going to get more involved, not less. I mean, the networks created this mess in the first place with, with conference realignment. So I, I don't, I don't know that Gundy's influence will be as substantial going forward as it has been in years past, but I think you're right. I don't think he wants any part of Bedlam and winning this dang last one, you know, is going to fortify that belief. He, He can, he can, put up a sail and and sail the seven seas on, on uh, the wind of this victory. So I think you're probably right, Jacko. I think um, if we do get it back soon, it might be because of a Gundy uh, retirement, but Mm -hmm. he certainly doesn't act like he's interested in retiring. He seems to be, seems to be having the time of his life. So, and he deserves the time of his life after what, what they've done uh, with this season. Um, It's been a remarkable turnaround and, You know, we've been talking a lot about the OSU offense, Ollie Gordon, the breakout star, all those things, the transformation from that that meager offense in September. But you know what? I thought the defense played pretty, (coughs) excuse me, pretty dang good on Saturday, and they've been playing pretty good, giving up some home run balls in October, but this defense is coming around. What impressed you about the Cowboys on Saturday, on Saturday?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I think the defense did play pretty darn well on Saturday. Only allowed three Oklahoma touchdowns, which obviously, uh, I, you know, I thought that we might see more through the air. We saw two touchdowns that were, were rush, rushes, um, you know. But I, I think the Oklahoma defense held, or the Oklahoma State defense held the Oklahoma offense in check pretty darn well, you know. I mean, held them, kept the, the time of possession pretty low, um, they uh, didn't allow a bunch of deep deep passes. I mean, I, I felt like OU was going to have to open it up to really uh, move the offense. And considering the youth, I mean, let's talk about Dylan Smith for a second, Barry, a true freshman in the Cowboys' secondary, made some of the biggest plays, including the fourth down play to end Oklahoma's last threat. And to have a young secondary, you've you've talked about it, and rightfully so, they had a couple games. Were they allowed multiple cross country touchdowns? I mean, just in in droves. And so to see them get fortified and not have to um, watch guys running wide open down the field, I was impressed overall. I mean, I think it's—I don't think you can do what they did without everybody playing pretty darn well. But uh, tip of the cap to Brian Nardo Berry. I mean, we saw how how long it took Jim Knowles to get his defensive philosophy rolling in Stillwater. I'm not saying that this defense is to the level that Knowles was after, say, a year and a half, but they're playing football to the level that this team can make the Big 12 title game now. And frankly, I think they've got a defense good enough they could actually go win the thing.
1: Yeah, maybe so. But I want to touch one thing on Dylan Smith or maybe two things. One, um, give me the percentage. Of OSU football fans and let's I'm not saying the guy that never goes to a game or even watches just says he's an OSU fan somebody that moderately you know tries to watch a, most of the games or reads a little bit about them not necessarily hardcores but good solid OSU fans what's the percentage what is the percentage of OSU fans that if you gave them the quiz uh cowboy or no cowboy and you went with, um, you went with uh, Cam Smith, Dylan Smith, Kale Smith, uh, Xavier Smith.
0: I don't know. It's got got, got to be a low percentage, Barry. Ten percent? I mean, I don't know. Fifteen, maybe. I I don't think it's many OSU fans that. I mean, they definitely couldn't pick these guys out of a lineup. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, and you know it's it's. Not a no-name defense, but it's a uh, it's a lot of new guys. All these Smiths and the DBs that they're all hard to to uh keep track of, and it's a remarkable turnaround considering what they lost in the portal: Jabar Muhammad to Washington, Thomas Harper to Notre Dame, Mason Cobb to USC, Trace Ford to the Sooners, and yet they're playing pretty good defense and and keeping Cowboys in games and and doing the things you got to do to win games. So. Uh, a lot of credit to Brian Nardo and getting this defense uh, to playing up to a a, a standard that Cowboys can be successful.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, I I don't, it's going to be interesting. It's kind of weird to think about some of these youngsters in the Cowboys secondary, if they are able to get to the Big 12 title game. And if Texas is the opponent, you know, you're matching up against Xavier Worthy. I mean, they've got some big time receivers at Texas and yet the OSU secondary keeps finding a way they make adjustments. Um, they, they do what they need to do to, um, you know, to win ball games. That's what they've been doing, you know, basically almost all the big 12 conference uh, season. So, uh, yeah, tip of the cap to, to those guys for what they're doing. And, um, you know, it's, it's been big, obviously though, let's talk about the offense cause they've been big to this too. Um, Ollie Gordon rushes for over 130 yards on Saturday against the Sooners had a uh, another 18 yards receiving two touchdowns you know this guy is that's kind of a meh game for Ollie Gordon at this point Barry I I don't what what's your feeling though about just where he is in terms of the Heisman race can this guy get to New York can he win the thing um did did Saturday's game maybe derail the hopes of that a little bit
1: well I think I think think it was a Saturday when it didn't really help his Heisman bid, but I don't know that it hurt it. Uh, It was a different kind of game for Ollie, right? When you look at it wasn't the 282, the 271. It wasn't the the massive home runs he hit against West Virginia. But, boy, he had a profound effect on that game. 33 carries, 136 yards, a couple of touchdowns, old-fashioned tailback play. Where he's just a battering ram into the line, and the Sooners had to account for him, and and make sure they had seven, eight guys in the box, just uh, all uh, all uh, pinned on, on Ollie Gordon, which gave Alan Bowman uh, some some freedom and some openings to to throw the ball, and I think uh, football people will be impressed by that now. A lot of football people or uh, non-football people are voters, so they want the 260, <laughs> the 270 numbers. But uh, I think these this three-game stretch, they're not, you know, they're not playing the the 85 Bears and the 74 Steelers down the stretch. They got Central Florida, they got Houston, they got BYU uh, between the three of them. I think there's one defense, uh, decent defense, but uh, Ollie can still he can still do some damage, uh, put up some big numbers. Uh, To get to New York, I think he's going to have to have a couple more monster games probably. Get that rushing total up there near 2,000. Um, Then if he wants to win the Heisman, I think he's got to do that. And then in the Big 12 championship game, have another monster game. If he did all that, you know, maybe somebody waking up, the undecided voter on on Sunday morning after the championship games, says, hey, uh, you know, recency bias. Look at that guy. Uh, Yeah. So uh, I think I think it's not a long shot to get to New York, maybe 50-50 or something. Uh, it's a long shot to win the whole thing, but at least he's in the running.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, you know, Saturday, it definitely wasn't one of those 200-plus, and that's obviously a high bar. But I thought he had some spectacular highlights to come out of that game. And frankly, his first touchdown run, you know, at that point, we have no idea what his total day is going to look like. I thought that 20-yard run he uh you know pulled off to to start the scoring was a spectacular run. Comes through um, a tackle at the line of scrimmage. And then he, you know, makes a couple moves to get into the end zone, uh you know, wins the foot race to the pylon. That's the type of of highlight that, you know, y- you 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 might see uh as as the season goes on as Ollie Gordon's chase for awards continues, but um you know, Barry, I think he's Even if he doesn't win the Heisman or doesn't get to New York, he's going to walk away with some hardware. Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year, Doak Walker Award. Those two, I don't know if you think they're in the bank, but they feel like they're in the bank for Ollie Gordon right now.
1: Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year, I think he's the clear front runner, no doubt about it. I haven't studied the the national thing with uh, the Doak Walker Award. Um, You know, There's a couple of running backs across the, the nation that, We'll have some say, maybe even a little bit more high profile than what OSU's been on this season, but he's clearly in the running and it's a, it's a wild success story. This OSU offense has gone from dormancy. I mean, look back at where they were in September uh, and now look at the force they are now. And it's just, it's just remarkable, but I watched him score six
0: points, six points against South Alabama, six. How did this happen?
1: yeah I don't, I don't know. Central Arkansas wasn't any better. It was a 23 sixteen I think was the final score, and it was tied yeah. to the end. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just it's not not good not good offense, and then just like that, they turn it around playing play an excellent offense and you know when we talk about the Cowboy offense, we always talk about Ollie Gordon for good reason, yeah but there's other guys. Other elements that are making this thing work? What do you, what do you see as the underappreciated parts of, of this Oklahoma State offense? Yeah,
0: I think with Gordon's uh, evolution, I think the offensive line has probably gotten, I think they're appreciated because people see what a dramatic turnaround has come there. Um, Alan Bowman, I think most quarterbacks get a level of appreciation. I'll go with the receivers though, Barry, because let's be honest. When OSU had its big mass migration last year uh, at the receiver position, you know you knew they were going to bring in a receiver or two. They were going to have to, but you didn't know that then Stribling was going to get hurt. Um, you didn't know that Bray was going to be on the sideline Saturday. Leon Johnson, a guy that you know came from a D3 school that I think they liked enough to think we want to develop him, but he has a huge game last week, has another nice game in Bedlam and Rashad Owens a guy who they were trying to get on the field had him at cowboy back the tight end hybrid spot for a while he's targeted 17 times in Bedlam has his you know best game as a cowboy in the in the you know ultimate finale game of Bedlam so i think that that depth at receiver it's way it's way deeper than i ever thought it was i thought when stribling got hurt i thought eh, i don't know this could be this could be a little bit of a disaster coming up but those guys were fantastic on Saturday. So definitely, I think that receiver depth is the thing that I didn't think it was there. And now you have to, you have to really be impressed by it, quite honestly.
1: Underappreciated part of Bedlam. I can't remember if it's the first series or the second series, but um, I think it was the first series. Cowboys had made a first down. Uh, so they're around their 35, 40-yard line, and they throw sort of a seam or a slant route Uh, going west on the right side of the of the uh, field Uh, Bowman fires one to Rashad Owens way overthrows him and Rashad uh, Rashad Owens jumps up and with a makes a one-handed catch and comes down for a first down yeah to me that was a statement play that said you know what we've come to play today Sooners and you probably hadn't heard too much about Rashad Owens I've been around for Been around for five years and not done that much. But I'm here to play. And to me, that was a sign that the Cowboys, uh, they had their big boy pants on. And uh, you mentioned the 17 targets. I'm not sure the Cowboys ever threw the ball uh, to uh, James Washington or or Justin Blackman or Rashawn Woods 17 times. Now, they caught 12 or 13 or 14. But um, yeah, so that was very impressive. When you look at this, the receiving unit, these guys would not be third team if everything had worked out, because some of them wouldn't be here. But the Cowboys basically have lost two waves of receivers, the portal defections that you mentioned: John yeah. Paul Richardson, Stephon Johnson, Bryson Green—or is it Blaine Green? I get my Green twins mixed up. Is it Bryson? Bryson, left. West, Bryson went to Wisconsin. So in comes you know the guys to replace him: Stribling, Um uh, jason jason Stribling from washington state going to be the best receiver yeah. and was uh he'd, he'd be a star on this osu offense now he gets hurt bray's hurt they got to come in with the new you know the new guys owens the guy that's forgotten over here george fox from leon johnson university or whether it's <laughs> leon johnson from george fox university who really knows but uh, i thought of leon johnson in the middle of that game and he that they ended up going away from him a little bit, so he didn't become a primary player in Bedlam. But I got to thinking, think about this guy. Literally last year, he's at a Division three school that none of us have ever heard of. No. And he's probably playing on a field that seats 500 people with some portable bleachers and that kind of thing. And here he is, he's got the whole state of Oklahoma watching him play, and Everybody in the states invested in what he does, good or bad. And people in orange are going crazy. People in red are calling him names, and he's sitting there thinking, "I didn't know. I don't even know where I'm at." And and I'm in this arena. So I thought that was a cool element of bedlam. You're right. The receivers have been really good. Um, And I will say also, Gundy and Casey Dunn and Tim Rattay and the guys. They've done a nice job incorporating the tight ends. Josiah Johnson was a bigger he was a bigger yeah. deal, a uh, bigger part of the game plan in this game Saturday. So hey, no doubt I, about it. The receivers have been a really a really cool story for OSU. Hey,
0: you mentioned that one handed catch that Rashad Owens had. That was in your book was a big catch. It was a big one in his mind too. I asked him after the game if he had a favorite of his ten, and that was the one he said. So good job. <laughs>
1: Well, good. Well, good. That's good. Well.
0: Hey, so well. OSU heads to, to Central Florida on Saturday, heading down to Orlando, one of the newbies in the Big 12, and OSU goes there. Uh, Golden Knights 4-5, and Barry, just got their first Big 12 win against Cincinnati. But could this potentially be – is this a trap game for OSU? Is this the type of game that you really got to guard against if you're the Cowboys?
1: Two things. One, all road games are trap games. Uh, Number two, the Big 12 has all kinds of pecking orders, you know, from the way it's all played out. We're two thirds of the way through the season. Central Florida's in the bottom, OSU's in the top, but the games have been relatively close. You know, UCF went to Norman, lost by two with a failed two point conversion. Um, They're not, when you look at UCF play, you say, that's a, that's a real football team. They've got athletes. Now, the defense has not been good. Cowboys should be able to to really uh, impart in, in their will on Central Florida. Uh, but the offense of the Knights is very capable. So I don't – I think you'd be a fool to, to think Cowboys are going to go down to Orlando and blow them out. And if you don't blow somebody out, if somebody stays in the game, anything can happen. So I think it will be a tight game. Um, so yes it's it's a trap game but that's it's a little bit you know mike gundy keeps saying this and i think he's right he said we're going to the nfl style we're going to the nfl style part of the nfl style is everybody's pretty close and that's what we've seen in big 12 football this year so i think it will be a tight game i think osu will win but i do not i don't think they'll get you know, I I don't think when they walk off the field, they're going to feel like going to Disney World. Let's put it that way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I, I, Mike Gundy has also said that, you know, he he recognizes that even though this team is on a roll, they've got a great shot to get to the Big 12 title game. They're not a team, they're not a great team that can just overcome mistakes or, uh, you know, sort of lackadaisical play. And, you know, he says it. And quite honestly, I think the players, Understand that. I mean, they were there for the loss to South Alabama. I mean, they know that they're capable of losing to pretty much anybody. They did lose to they lost to somebody that, you know, frankly, in the college football world, you know, is not much of anybody. So I think they recognize that they don't have some powerhouse team right now. This isn't their 2011 team. That's not what we're seeing. Um, you know, it's not that dominant offense, that dominant defense. They're good on both sides of the ball, but I think they understand that they can't mess around and think they're going to win games. They got to get out there and they got to play. And, you know, I saw UCF a couple weeks ago and Norman I was at that game that they almost won and you know, if I'm Mike Gundy, I, I think their offense is capable. Um, you know, saw them with a couple long uh, pass plays, guys getting open in the secondary. That's something we've seen OSU be a little vulnerable to. And they've got a couple good running backs. To me, Barry, that's, if I'm Mike Gundy, that's my biggest concern. It's just the fact that it looks to me like UCF has offensively home run capable players. Can you keep them from hitting the home runs? I think that's the biggest concern because I'm with you. I think o- OSU scores on UCF, but I don't know. Do you, you feel like there's a, a, a different concern if you're Mike Gundy heading into this one?
1: Well, I, I'm always concerned about running quarterbacks. John Reese Plumley, back from injury now two or three weeks, is a really good quarterback. The thing that gives you comfort is the Cowboys have been playing a bunch of running quarterbacks and have done a good job. Dylan Gabriel's running, which has been so instrumental the last month for the Sooners. Gabriel didn't do much with his legs against the Cowboys. Uh, Jason Bean is a difference maker running around. Didn't do much against the, the Cowboys with his legs. Uh, Garrett Green at West Virginia, same way. He had a few runs. Uh, Kansas State, always quarterback run game is a thing with them. Didn't do much. So kudos to the OSU defense. But John Reese Plumley will. He will provide a stiff challenge in that regard. So whatever they've been doing, keep doing it. So uh, watch out for John Reese Plumley. All right, let's go to score prediction. What do you think, Jacko, We're down in Orlando?
0: I'm, you know, I'm feeling my oats a little bit. I had OSU winning by three. I didn't get the score exactly right off of last week, but I feel good. It was a three three point victory for OSU last week. So. I'm going to go a little higher scoring because I think that's going to be the the case on Saturday. I'll go OSU 38, UCF 28. I'll give it, I'll give OSU a 10 point victory. How about that?
1: I'm close with you. I'm just four points uh, shy. I'm going to go 34, 28 Cowboys. They've been, uh, they've been good in close games. They've been uh, good on the road, Um, winning, winning at West Virginia. So. I like uh, I like Cowboys to win this, but I do think it will be tight.
0: All right, that's all the time we've got this week. Remember, it's OSU at UCF, 2.30 p.m. Saturday in Orlando. Barry and more of our Sellout Crowd team will be there. Plus, we'll have all sorts of OSU content this week at selloutcrowd.com. Remember, you can find our content at barrytrammell.com and jenny-carlson.com. And if this happens to be your first time hearing or watching us, Be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.